such a night. Anything could happen anywhere. As I was standing out there hearing that wonderful chorus, all hail the power of Jesus' name, or sitting out there, it seemed to me as if the rapture would come right along while I was in the sitting on that little cot. looked like something is lifting me up. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Eddie Pruitt, when he wrote that song, and the many poets, what a time to walk in and see a dad there waving back and forth, keeping his child cool, laying there, crippled up a spastic. Ooh, and I thought, God, what can I do? What can I do? What can be done? What a time of gathering. What a time that God could just move in and do anything among us. I want to ask now the report on how many was reported a definitely condition from last night. Brother Bosworth, would you have the report of what happened last night as to be left at the book stand? If someone will give me that report right away, would you get it for me, Brother Bosworth, at the book stand? At the book stand, uh, report someone or one of the ushers, if they would, get a report from the book stand and find out just how many reported tonight from last night's meeting. What happened in last night's meeting? I've been very interested in it today. How good our Lord is to us. We got two more nights, Christian friends, of the meeting. This morning we really had a time of fellowship. That ministerial breakfast. Such a lovely bunch of ministers all sitting around with one heart, one accord. Usually I mention something in the breakfast about different denominations. That's one of my great things to mention. Brother Baxter was wondering, I guess, why I didn't mention it. It just seemed like there was such a heavenly atmosphere there wasn't any difference in it. It just seemed. I believe this, that in the great realms of the church. The only thing that's holding off the coming of our Lord Jesus for his church and setting up of his kingdom is the differences between the full gospel people. That's right. As long as one say, I belong to this, I belong to that, I received this, I did that, and don't recognize the brother as your brother, I think that's one of the hindrances we have now. One of the hindrances of not receiving our Jesus Christ coming. I believe that we're past Jesus coming is past due. That's a big word, but I believe I can prove it by the scripture. It's past due. God, as he said, as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the coming of the Son of Man. God was long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all might come to repentance. Thank you, brother. Somewhere of a dozen or more testimonies from last night. Well, that isn't too good. Just a dozen of 78 that passed over the platform, 78 different ones that passed over the platform, and just a dozen reported. All right. It's easy. It doesn't matter to me. Then we will try tonight in massive healing and see what our Lord will do. Now, do you get what I I mean? I'm here to try to help everyone. Some of them says, pray for me. If you just pray for me, I'll get well. See? 
Well, that's true. That's what God does. He heals the sick. Uh, prayer of faith shall save the sick. But I was expecting, and I, I've asked for at least three times that many of reports today that have had a change within 24 hours to the better of the 70-some-odd that a little girl, minister's daughter, that sat over here last night. She was telling me she stays in the same motel, lives down and uh, well, and she lives in Kentucky, just across the river from my home, Brother Beeler's niece, and she said she counted each one that crossed the platform, and I believe she said 78 that crossed the platform. Last night was just a night of trial, so we could just try and see what the Holy Spirit would do, just to see what would take place, to see how, how many would be healed just by praying, laying on the hands. Then I... Connie made a little mistake in, in doing so. At, uh, I, uh, I, visions was moving just... Thank you, my brother. Now, here's another report said, no definitely number, but several have been reported. That's wonderful. How many in here was healed last night that knows you was? Raise your hands like that in the, in the prayer line. Was healed last night? Just raise up your hands like that so I can see you around. Well, it looks like quite a number that you really feel the difference that was, that was healed. That's wonderful. Well, if there, thank you, everyone. God bless you. You keep that testimony. I tell you, friends, what I've been moving, trying to do, is change the, the policy of I'm afraid that people will misunderstand me and think I'm a, just a, altogether a mystic, and it starts too much of... of uh, well, I, I wish to say this. My heart is to Jesus Christ. He's the one that I love with all my heart. And my first duty is to Him. Isn't that right? My first duty is to Him. And when I see something that might hinder along on the call somewhere or bring a reproach somewhere, that makes me feel, first now, my duty is to Him. See, I want to do something... That'll help his cause. When I, I find out that we just can't help it, in the, and these realms that we, we go is fellow arrested here not long ago down in the south. He, he got up on the platform and he said, Well, that's another brother Brandon, just, it's just uh, mental telepathy. He said, I could do the same thing. And he was a minister, too. He got up on the platform and tried somebody's mental telepathy, and he's jailed now. <laughs> See? Told a man, said, you living untrue to your wife. He said, you're a liar. He said, I stand here to, to say that I do not, and I'm a gentleman and a Christian, and right here in the neighborhood, and any, everybody knows me. He said, tell me when. That's right. See? So there, for, for that, and they ought to have done it. They ought to have thrown him in jail. That's exactly right. Brother, if God's not behind it, you better be careful, and you, you'll bring a reproach assures the world. See, you be sure that you know from where you speak and what you're speaking of, and let the Holy Spirit do the talking. You just keep still. <laughs> that's the best thing to do. Don't you think that's right? And, and I thought, well, and in the beginning, when I first started out to take people by the hand, as he told me, and there it was, <laughs> and then, then he just keeps on going around. I 
See, it, sometimes it brings a reproach. Then everybody looks at that. They won't look at the good things the Lord has done. They look at what Satan has done. Throw it all in one class. That's just exactly the way it does. They throw it all. Say, there you are, the whole thing, corruption. There's nothing to it. And there you go. See, that's the way the enemy does. And I, we as Christians has got to be on the guard every moment, watching everything. And I think this, brother, and I know this by the Scripture, that any person, no matter who it is, what every person that believes in divine healing has a perfect right and God will honor your prayers if you'll pray for the sick. Pray for the sick. That's right. See, it isn't a prayer. My prayer would help. Your prayer would help me. See, this morning in the ministerial breakfast when I was stayed so long in the line last night, one little brother got up there, I believe it was Brother Cox, and he said that he felt that uh, I didn't have but one hour sleep last night. I just simply couldn't get myself together. I'd stayed too long. And the manager, he told me, I told him, well, next time he's packed me out, no matter what I say. And he kept telling me, well, you're too long, kept pulling me in. I kept waiting because I wanted to pray for about three, four hundred people last night see, to see if I could get them through and then get at least a half of those that would give testimony of their healing. That's what I wanted to do. Well, that's was my thought of it, to get to pray for everybody. Now, if you'll notice, dear Christian friends, surely that this is the much better way if you'll just believe me with all your heart. I can only help you as you believe what I say. And if I get off of the Bible, then you then you got a right to disbelieve me. But as long as I'm preaching or teaching to you God's Word, then you should believe. Is that right? See? Now, here... When our Heavenly Father, here at the platform, will do something in the audience, and he'll confirm or, or make known his ways or heal somebody of something, and then you see that that's the truth. And here people come and, and, and everything, and you notice last night why we have to give our cards, didn't you? There's no order at all. You just can't do it. And then the people, if you put them back from the line, then it causes hard feelings. And, and uh, you just, every minister that has a divine healing service has to give out prayer cards. We have to have order. See, if you don't, Paul said set the church in order. Is that right? Order is of the church. And um, so we're very thankful. I want to pass a compliment on a man that's in the building. He's not, he's, he's conspicuous in one way, but in another way, He's been a man that's been a good friend of mine for years. I've seen him sitting in the meeting tonight. I've seen him here for several nights. And the brother has meant much in my life. And you might look at him or talk to him and think he was very queer and odd. But down in my heart, I have a deep respect. And the man has been to practically every meeting I've held around and that he could get to, hitchhike or some way to get there. And he, he never asked for one favor, one cent, one everything. And here not long ago, I was in a great city, and this man hitchhiked there, and, I, and there was some great man of the city wanted to come in and see me. I, they just kept him out. And then this poor old fellow come along with a coat of one kind, trousers, and his shoes off his feet. I took him in my room with me to sleep with me. The man looked at me and said, I don't understand. I said, that's my brother. I don't care what the, what they call the big shops want to know. I want to see. No matter what it is. The man, and when I was just a lad, 
just a little boy. First time when I used to look at Pentecostal people seeking with tongues, and I said, can't understand it. Just can't do it. And that man come on and would speak with tongues. I know he's a good man. I watched him. He's not ashamed. And every time when I get in, my boy come today, he gave me a little track. He said, down the street corner stood this brother, testifying, glorifying God, four things that God wants you to know. And he passed by and he didn't recognize my son. And he said, praise the Lord, brothers. Have you ever been down to a grand meeting? He said, the Lord's doing great things. All of a sudden, he saw me and my son. He looked around. Billy said, don't you know me, brother? He said, praise the Lord. Yes, I know who you are. There you are. Every place, everywhere. And one just a lad, just had entered the ministry, was just a, a young boy in the way. This elderly gentleman sat in my room one day before my first wife had passed away. Sitting there, we didn't have nothing in the house, just an old folding bed. We give that to him. We moved off the other room, the little old iron bedstead that the children slept in. He stayed in our home, and one day while sitting there, I couldn't understand him. I didn't know too much about the spiritual things. And I wondered about this other and kept it in my heart before it was confirmed. And one day sitting there, he rose to his feet and gave a message like the man did a while ago in unknown tongues. I looked at him. He stood back and gave the interpretation and said, God speaks and said that you're just a boy now. You've got a lot of youth about you. But someday God will use you. And that come to pass. That's right. Just as a lad. Brother Ryan, I'm speaking of you. Would you just stand up? God bless you. I was one of the first men that I heard speaking in unknown tongues. He's a converted Catholic. Used to be an acrobat. And I watched him and I seen, I listened to him, and I watched his life. He was very humble. He lived down on the river for a while and he got much in prayer and things. And he was one of the first that began to move me in to listening to what this was. And after a while, he has become, no matter, I stood on the streets one day, I was up here in the area of Pennsylvania. And they was having some kind of a show there that had beard on their face. And the old brother thought, now here's my opportunity because he wears a long beard and a long hair, or hair to his shoulders. When I first saw him, I thought he belonged to the house of David, but he didn't. No, he's, he's a Pentecostal brother. So I went out, and I was, wife and I were walking down the street, and we seen him standing over on the side, that white beard a-blowing. Singing it, is the old time religion, is the old time religion, like that passing out track. And when he seen me, he tried to move back. He said, "See my wife along." I went over and put my arms around him out there. I said, "God bless you, brother Ryan." He said, "Brother Branham, I thought I embarrassed you. Said I thought I'd get back." I said, "Embarrass me, brother. You're my brother. And no embarrassing nothing. He's my brother." And we've learned to love Brother Ryan. And everywhere we go, he hitchhikes, brings his wife and everything. And all night long in the streets, he's testifying. And I hear people writing to me, businessmen and everything else where he's been, say, say, a fellow named John Ryan, long beard, come in here, told about great things happening. 
Now, I want to be standing near when I see him crowned uh, immortal some of these days when God brings his reward. All right, let's read a little bit out of his word, the word of the Lord now, not giving homage to man, but just one of those little fellows that sits back unseen. The other day while the meeting was waiting and people before they opened the doors, I guess, I happened to pass by in the truck, looked out there on the right, and there was Brother Ryan with his Bible teaching, not sparing a moment, let everything. Let's all get like that. What do you say? Let's get out and tell it everywhere. Get somebody. Now for prayer, may I say this, that I wish to read just a little portion of Scripture, and I'm going to start the prayer line. It's so hot. But now, if God willing, tomorrow night, let's come early Saturday night, and Sunday afternoon, if the Lord... How many here hear my life story? Let's see, I guess about all of you. No? You that have heard it would like to hear it again. Let's see your hands if you... All right. Sunday afternoon, the life story. Now, I want to ask you something. Go out and get all the sinners that you know how, that you can coax in and bring them in Sunday afternoon. Sunday night, our great closing service. We expect a great climax here. That's the night we want to not leave one person if we can, but what we want to get to. Now tonight, I want just to read a scripture, just a moment, and then we'll call our prayer line. Found in Job 42. I don't know why today, while trying to study, I would keep falling back to this place in the Bible. And beginning at the 8th verse, I'll read just a portion of the 8th verse. I wouldn't want to speak, preach, after that wonderful, inspired sermon that Brother Baxter just delivered tonight. It's wonderful. Therefore take unto you seven bullocks and seven rams, and go to my servant Job, and offer up to my offer up beg your pardon. Offer up yourselves a burnt offering. I've got well see that well drop perspiration when it's just about faded out. Let me read that over again and see if I can get it. Therefore take unto you now seven bullocks, seven rams, and go to my servant Job, and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering. And my servant Job shall pray for you, for him will I accept. That's praying one for the other. The value of prayer. Now, these counselors that had come down and set before Job, he was, uh, that's the oldest book in the Bible, probably was Job lived along the time of Nimrod, and back in there somewhere down from Seth to Abraham, and it's, uh, it was written the book of Job before Genesis was, but he was a priest and a prince, and he loved the Lord, and God bless him, made him a great man, and then Satan came up. Now, here's what I want you to watch. Satan came up with the sons of God, sitting right among them, and began to speak to Job, or speak, God began to speaking about the earth. He said, Satan, he said, have you considered my servant Job a perfect man, none like him in the earth? Satan said, oh, yes, and you've got him hedged up, you're blessing him, giving everything you can, you can give him. He said, sure, he'll serve you like that. He said, let me have him, and I'll make him curse you to your face. I said, he's at your hand. I'll break the hedge. 
But don't you take his life. And Satan done everything but take his life. He took his children. He broke him out with balls. He spoiled all of his goods. He made him a pauper. And he sat on an ash heap back there in the backyard, I suppose, with a piece of crockery or something, scraping the boils. That was on his body. His wife walked to the door and said, Oh, Job, you, you look so miserable. Why don't you curse God and just die? He said, Woman, thou speakest like a foolish woman. He said, The Lord gave, the Lord taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now watch. That man that had went through trials, that man who had been purged, God was not dealing with a sinner now. He was dealing with a saint. See? A man had been purged, but God proving to Satan that there was mortals who would serve him in the face of conflict. And he said, Thou speakest like a foolish woman. I never said she's foolish. He said she spoke like a foolish woman. The Lord gave, the Lord taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Here come these fine counselors or church members. Job cursed the day he was born. He said, May the stars not shine at night or the sun of the day. But he wouldn't curse God. And there Satan got him right down to the very threadbare moment. Then some of his friends came and instead of consoling him, they accused him of being a secret sinner. Like they might accuse this woman here in the wheelchair, the young man there on the bed, the little spastic child, the father, saying there may be being a secret sinner, something you've done. That's not always the case. Jesus said one time, the disciples said, Who sinned? The blind man, he, his father, his mother, said in this case, neither of them sinned, but that the glory and works of God might be made manifest. Job had not sinned. He knew he hadn't sinned. And he, he had not sinned, so he would not confess it because he absolutely hadn't sinned. But God was really trying and putting him to the test. And I believe that every Christian that's born again has to go to those tests. Every son that cometh to God must be first chastened, purged. Is that right? And if you cannot stand chastisement of the Lord, then you become a bastard or a illegitimate child. You claim God to be your father and you know nothing of him. See? A real, true, born-again child of God stands firm. We are so with the incorruptible seed of God, it cannot perish. See what I mean? Now, if you've got a, a way that you say ups and downs and ups and downs, I would advise you to go to God and stay there until you're really born again. When trials and troubles and heartaches and disappointments set in, something holds. Not you holding, something holding you. See, it isn't a question whether I hold on or not. It's a question whether he held on or not. It isn't looking at me. It's looking at him. He was the one. If I, a man came here not long ago and said, Brother Bam, I'm not worthy to be saved. I said, no, you're not. And he started weeping. He said, I've tried since 1940 to get saved. He said, but I find myself not worthy. I said, you never will be worthy. He said, then I can never be saved. I said, oh, no. It isn't you. It's him. See? God don't look at you, he looks at him. And if you can find any fault in him, then you can't be saved. But if there's no fault in him, then you're all right. The blemish that you find in him is on you. But if there's no blemish in you in him, then there's no blemish on you. He said, I see it, Brother Branham. I see it. He wanted to shout. I said, get straightened out first, then that'll take place next, you see. So there, Job, after he knew that he had not sinned against God, but if a man is sincere, a person is sincere, mother bringing her babe here, a blind man sitting here holding his cane, 
sitting right in front of me. Uh, a lady sitting here with, with braces on her limbs and crutches. Different ones laying around. Looked like a woman laying over here, probably dying. I don't know, in a dying condition. Another one laying here. Just look at that. Maybe some may be sitting out in that audience there with heart trouble that'll go before any of them. Heart trouble's number one enemy. But God has to keep his promise in order to be God. If he doesn't keep his promise, then he isn't God. Now the main thing is, is to find out whether it's the will of God. It's easy to go. If God said, tomorrow, come down here in this audience and stood here, and we really knew that it was the Son of God, knew he was, and said, do not any of you all, tomorrow it's going to rain all day long. Well, be easy for me to go home and just go to bed and say, I ain't going out tomorrow because it's going to rain all day. See? Because if he said so, it's going to rain. Don't you believe that? What you know God's will is, then you can look in God's word here and find God's will for you. Don't you believe that? And then the only thing that this other does is straighten the individual. See? This is for the entire church, for everybody. And then if you can appropriate the faith, clean yourself up, or accept Jesus Christ and believe him, it's bound to bring God's word to pass because it's a seed. Now, Job knew he had not sinned. Wherefore, after all them trials and all that trouble, Job just kept holding on. There was something about it that he knew that God loved him, and he loved God. Now notice, after a while from the east came a little prince by the name of Elihu, meaning or representing Jesus Christ. Now when he come to him, he said, Don't despise my youth, because I'm younger than you are, Job. You're an old sage, probably way over 150 or 100 years old or something. I'm maybe just a young fellow. But don't despise my youth. First he began to straighten Job out by where he had done wrong and things of accusing God. Then when he began to speak to him, not as a sinner, here's what gets me, not as a sinner, He's, and Job began to say, now, I, I, there's hope of a tree if it dies or if a flower dies, why, his little petals drop off and the little seed goes down the earth and the rains come and bury it like a funeral procession crying from the skies and that little seed lays there and it bursts open and, and pulp runs out of it. Everything's gone, man. But is that the end of the flower? No, sir. You women here in Indiana plant your flowers. You don't have to worry about that. A little seed drops out of there, and next spring, where's that flower again? There's nothing in the world that science can find in there with that little germ of life. The pulp's gone, the seed's gone, the uh, roots are dried up and everything, but that flower lives again. God made a way for it to live again. Well, if he made a way for a flower to live again, what about a child of God that's made in his image? Job says, the man die, yea, he gives up the ghost, he wastes away, his sons come to mourn or do honor, and he perceiveth it not, and so forth. I can't understand. I see a flower, a seed buried. It comes to life. I see the flower die, raised again. But man layeth down, he giveth up the ghost, and where is he? See, he don't rise again. Then Elihu trying to straighten him out. Now I give this just and, and childlike form here. Now he said, Job, you're watching those flowers. They're in God's way. They haven't sinned. There's nothing about them that's sinned. But man sinned, and that's the reason you don't see him no more when he goes down. He goes down to Sheol or, or Hades, and you don't see him no more. But yet, Job, there's coming one, a just one, who will stand in the breach and put his hands on a sinful man and a holy God and bridge the way and stand in his place and make intercessions for him. Then the man shall rise again, and then Job, being a prophet, God in the Spirit, 
the thunders begin to roll, the lightning flash. Job stood on his feet and said, I know my Redeemer liveth. And at the last days he'll stand up on the earth, though the skin worms destroy his body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. He knew there was coming forth a day of resurrection. In the last days, plural, see, last 2,000 years, my Redeemer shall stand up on the earth. No wonder David cried out, my flesh shall rest in hope because he'll not suffer my holy one to see corruption, neither will he leave his soul in hell. All back there, all pointing to Calvary. Then in Jesus lays the complete of salvation, the complete of divine healing. If there is no divine healing now, there is no resurrection of the dead. Scholars like me to wait over that. <laughs> That's right. We have the first fruits of our inheritance. Is that right? The earnest of our salvation. Is that right? The little touch that we have when I walked up there to that screen a while ago, and they were screaming and praising God, and the Holy Spirit falling and tears rolling down cheeks when he was singing, Oh, hail the power of Jesus' name. When I stood this morning and heard that little uh, duet this morning sing that beautiful hymn, I suppose they sang it again tonight. And the Christians there, them old veterans that was beaten and worn, the tears rolling down their cheeks. What was it? It was the earnest of their salvation. The Holy Spirit there of, of earnest. The earnest is a down payment. Just what? Something to hold it. Then that is a proof. Yes, sir. When that comes upon us, it takes the desire of sin out of us. We have no more desire to sin the worshiper once purged than someday when that becomes perfect. What will it be when we stand in here the angelic choir saying, All hail the power of Jesus' name. What will it be on the other side? See what I mean? Now, then if divine healing is the earnest of our redeemed bodies. Here lays a woman dying with cancer. Our physicians, our earthly doctors walk up to her and say, there's, there's nothing to be done. I can bring you record after record. Well, we're on the dead list. Folks have been dead three or four years ago, and tonight they can't find a trace of cancer or nothing. What happened? The doctor says, I just don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened. The earnest of our redeemed body. And if God can reach down and take a cancer-ridden like Miss Florence Nightingale in my book there, you've seen it, the great-granddaughter of the Florence Nightingale, the founder of the Red Cross, if God can reach down to that poor, wretched mortal laying there that couldn't even raise her hands to shake hands or couldn't speak to her, I could hear her and put her to 155 pounds in perfect health. That's the earnest of our resurrected body. Some of these days my body may not be but a spoonful of ashes, but God shall send Jesus Christ, and all those that are dead in Christ shall rise and come forth with him, made in his likeness. Don't you believe that? What is it? Prayer. Now these men who had scorned and had kind of made fun of Job, God said to them, you go take an offering and go down to Job, my righteous servant. I won't hear you. Because you got too much folly. You haven't stood for truth. You haven't did what's right. Therefore, you take a burnt offering and go down and offer a sacrifice and ask my servant Job to pray for you, for I will hear him. There you are. Prayer changes things, doesn't it? Go ask my servant Job. 
Let him pray for you. One that's been through the test. One that I found favored. One that I've blessed. Now, if you're, if you've got a good godly pastor and you're sick and, and the doctor can do nothing for you, go get that godly pastor to come to the house and say, now, dear God, here's, here's my elder. Here, here's the, my pastor. I know he's a good godly man. I'm going to kneel with him here to the side of my baby. I ask you, dear Lord, to have mercy. Something's got to take place. That's all. See? My servant Job will pray for you. Yet they were religious men. They were believers. But Job had to pray for them. Prayer, the affectional, fervent prayer of a righteous man, availeth much. You believing? Here I get started talking and talk too long. Let's bow our heads. Dear Lord, the hour is growing close now, and I... I just don't know what about these evidences that's come in from the meeting last evening. What would you have me do tonight, Lord? I stand here not knowing now which way to go, not knowing whether or which way to turn, but thou will lead, O oh God. I just commit it to you, and these people are sincere. They're sitting out here in this hot building now, standing knowing that just two more nights according to the schedule, then we must separate for a while, many of us, some of us, until we meet thee. And we've got to come up there, stand in your presence. God be merciful. You know what struck my heart tonight as I looked in the door there, that curtain, and seen them poor people laying there. Take fanning hot and think they're here for one purpose, to try to find help from you. Oh, God, I pray just now, just at this very moment, Lord, I've tried to find favor with you, Lord, in every way that I know how. I love you. I love you, Lord. With, if I know my heart, I love you with all my heart. You're before my wife, before my children, before anything. You are first in my life. Thou knowest that. Not only me here tonight, but there's hundreds of others sitting here in the same way. God, how happy we would be if you just now... I know you've already done the healing. If you could just uh, give them a little extra push tonight as it was. Just push them into the pool while it's trouble, Lord. Granted. And maybe that same angel that's whirled down from the skies and troubled that water, maybe that's the same one that comes night after night. I do not know if thou knowest, but the Bible said it was an angel. I believe it. And I pray, Father, that while the waters will be stirred tonight, Trouble, choppy, people raising up here, looking at that, screaming out. May every one, the angel of God, just spread his great wings, as it were, around this building tonight and push everyone right into the pool. And may there come a perfect healing tonight, healing of soul and body through this building. May there not be a feeble one, Lord, left. I know according to your word, Lord, is all I have to go by and with my, all that I know how to read, 
I believe that you have already paid for every person in here to be well. I believe that our Lord Jesus, thy son, did that at Calvary. And he said all things are possible. If you just believe, when you pray, believe, you receive what you ask for, and you shall have it. And then besides all of that, sending the witness of the Holy Spirit, you sent back to us gifts and signs and wonders. That would still cause us to know when the world, and you know that educators that get a hold of the Bible in their cold ecclesiastical ways would cut it around, explain this out and that out, like Balaam, like Cain of old, offering his sacrifice and making an altar and worshiping you, but not in the provided way, without blood. He was refused, rejected, and that same spirit lives on down through his children. But Abel, the just one, not so pretty, the altar is not so decorated, but come in the provided way, God's provided way, leading a lamb, a substitute, an innocent one, to take a guilty one's place. Father, we believe that you led Jesus to Calvary. He was born in a barn. Wow, the Prince of Glory born in a barn. He was a lamb. Lambs are not born in beds. They're born in stables. And they led him to Calvary. They led him up there, just like Abel with a grapevine around the lamb's neck, led up to the rock. And there, as a sin offering for soul and body, he was made. You bruised him and mashed him and beat him. And there he gave the Spirit into the hand of the Father, and the temple veil went from top to bottom. Earthquake happened. They buried him on the third day that morning star, after all the birds hushed singing. There's Mary and Martha walking up the hill, wondering who would roll away the stone. Then all of a sudden, here come an angel as a light streaking down from the heaven. And the stone was rolled away. He came forth. And many of those who slept in the dust of the earth, the saints rolled and came out of the graves and entered into the city, meeting some of the old friends before going up. Oh, what a time. The first fruits. The earnest. Now God help us tonight to believe. Help us to lay aside every shadowy weight just move right in now with perfect virgin, unadulterated faith, Lord. And be healed, everyone, for we ask it in his name. Amen. Symptoms arise. See, it's all about healing, then. Next morning when the symptoms arise, you say, Oh, I, I've lost my healing. <laughs> That's the way it is. See? But when you know where you're standing, you've got a platform, you can reach right back as Jesus said to Satan, It is written. And then according to your feelings, Jesus never did say, did you feel it? He said, did you believe it? Believe it. Accept it. Believe it. Brother Bosworth, I guess you're just as much of a veteran as there is in the United States on divine healing. Is that the truth? That's the truth, isn't it? The way that divine healing is. You have to believe it by the word of God. Now, 
Last night, I believe we called up to 50 last night. Was that right? I believe it was up to 50. Now let's start from 15 go the other way tonight. And that just makes it equal each way. All right? And tomorrow night, if the good Lord will, I'm going to find out about this report here. I'm going to do this if I possibly can in the next two, two or three meetings that I have. I'm going to try to throw my whole life right into the meeting. And for I've got two days of rest before starting in Zion. Tribune packed two or three pages of it. You remember it, and then I believe the Collier's packed an article of it or something of uh, that meeting. There it was, that there wasn't a feeble one left. Now, if you tonight can get in that same spiritual attitude, all with one accord, the Spirit moving in every person, oh, something's just got to happen. All right, maybe a little later I can tell you about what what things that happened to me. Uh, something later on, you see. I know just now. How do, you, do you believe me? With, now, how many have seen that picture there of the angel of the Lord? Have seen it? I read the copyright on it and everything, and what George J. Lacey. Now, the books are right back there if you wish them. And you can stand and get a picture of it. You don't have to send to the Douglas Studios because I haven't got nothing to do with it. That belongs to the American Photographer Association. I have nothing to do with it. See? And there is, for the first time in all the world's history, a supernatural being photographed on a mechanical lens. Think of it. There's the best FBI agent there is on fingerprint and so forth that researched it, the best there is in the United States. He signed his name to it. There's a photostatic copy that absolutely the light was standing there. It is not psychology, he said. The light was standing there whirling and the light struck the negative. There you are. So the science can't say today that infidel says there is no God. Prove to me there is a God. I can produce the scientific evidence there is a God. Scientifically proven. Amen. Oh, what a, how happy I am. I was dying right here in this building right now. And this would be my last service. My testimony is true. The church knows it. Millions, many millions of people around the world. And how they searched in and tried and agnostics and unbelievers and science and laws and everything else has went through it everywhere and tried to tear it apart and every time God comes right back and vindicates it in power. And then the scientific world went in to find it and God pictured it down there and showed it to him. And there we are tonight it stands as a memorial to ring out as long as there's a Christian civilization. There it is. Hanging yonder now in Washington, D.C. What do I say about it? I am a man. If you'll notice in the write-up, I had that put in there. The picture cannot be sold without that. I am not nothing but just a man like you are, a sinner saved by grace. But what it is that I'm trying to tell you what is true, that Jesus Christ purchased your healing every one of you at Calvary, and he's right now already got your healing ready for you. It's ready to hand to you when you'll reach up and get it. Oh, how simple, how wonderful. And the angel of God who I speak of isn't standing three feet from me now. Now that is true. Surely I couldn't tell you nothing wrong. Surely God has proven to you that my words are true. Not because I'm saying them, but because they are true. 
He's near right now. Now, he is God's messenger. I'm just his mouthpiece. I only say what he tells me. All right. Everyone be reverent. Now, lady, I want you to come up here just a little closer. I get this microphone down. Can you hear me when I'm standing back this way? Can you hear good? There's something wrong. Maybe I'll get this up a little bit closer here. Can you hear better now? All right, that's fine. Now, sometimes, now, Billy, or some of you watch, if, if it gets anointing and I get away, will you move it up closely? When you're in a vision, you can't tell what you're talking about. You know you're talking, but you can't know just how loud you're talking or something. You just, I, I just can't explain it. But now, lady, uh, uh, you are a Christian. I see that now, I think. Just as soon as you walk forward, if you wasn't, there would be a resentment there. See, and I know that you wasn't a Christian. Or something in your life that was holding you back. Some evil something in your soul. Something that you could correct in some way. But if I believe that you are a, a Christian or your sins under the blood. And I, if it wasn't in his presence now, it would be different. See, I'd say, now there's something wrong somewhere. But no doubt, but what you're a sincere believer. And now, I'm your brother. I, I know nothing about you. Never seen you in my life. I couldn't know one thing about you. It's all just has to be come down from God. Now, the reason I believe that he will is because gifts and callings are without repentance. See? God gives the gift. He won't take that away. But if I use it wrong, then he'll deal with me for it. See? Now, that's the reason I'm trying to just say all that I can, and you hear me bragging on Jesus, always about Jesus. Jesus always, never myself, it's Jesus, you see. It's him, it's him, it's him. I have nothing to do with it. I'm just his mouthpiece. Just as if the President of the United States would make me an ambassador to Germany, see. My words then in Germany would be just exactly what the President told me to say, and if I said them what he told me to say, then everything is in the United States is behind them words. Is that right? Is that right, audience? You'll have to back up if I'm an ambassador. Then, if I be a minister sent from God as this, and what I pronounce here, and if it be coming from God, everything that's in heaven is to back that word up. Is that right? Because it's given right straight fresh off of the throne to say what it is and to do about it. Is that right? Now, if that was at my leisure, you know what I'd do now? If that was at my leisure to do with just in my hand to do whatever I could, I'd walk right down, I'd see, I'd say, how many people here has got heart trouble? I'd bring all them up first and heal every one of them. Then I'd say, bring all the TB up and all the cancers up, they're going to die first. Then I'd look around, see these people crippled, I'd say, they want to get up and walk around, though they may live a normal life, they may live for years and years being crippled, but them heart troubles is going to die right away if something isn't done, see. Cancer and so forth, they're eat up and gone. So get them. Then the next, I'd go down and get all these crippled people. I'd heal every one of them. Wouldn't that be wonderful? But it's not for me to do. See, I can't do it. Now, the only thing I can do is to make you believe and or try my best to get you to believe in the Lord Jesus. I've talked a long time to you because I'm waiting to... I've seen this, someone sitting right behind you there. It's breaking in. If you would turn like this just a little bit better, it would be better. See, human beings, each one is possessed with the Spirit. 
seen. And, and then your spirit and my spirit, then if I have an anointing of a different spirit, anointing here of the Holy Spirit, which is a gift of God coming from God to do something for you, and in you would have to be an evil one, like a cancer or tumor or some growth, something got life in it besides your life. Well, then them two goes to dueling, you see. One will say, you'll have to come. The other will say, don't you believe it. The other say, you'll have to come. The other will say, don't believe it. See, and I'm talking to you to see what takes place. Then when it happens, there it is, you see. It depends on your faith and what I'm speaking of Jesus Christ. See, that's, see the story? Now, wouldn't you like to go home and eat again and have a good sound meal? That stomach's bothered just so long, hasn't it? Isn't that right? Now, you go ahead and do what you want to. God bless you. And let's say praise be to God. Everybody be. Now, I say this with all my heart. While speaking to the little lady, why I forget the vision, what it was, poor little woman's had a time. And there was more wrong with the woman than what she thought there was. See. But she did have a stomach trouble, which is a nerve. She's an upset person. And she's one of those people that always has got in her mind something way back there she's thinking about all the time. Isn't that about your nature, lady? And you've been suffering other things, too. See, Now, I just didn't want to say it, but with all my heart and soul, woman, I believe you'll never suffer no more. You're going to get well. See, I believe it. Now, you come, lady, and stand right around this way, if you will, so I can talk to you just a moment. Now, do you believe these things that I have said? And you believe it to be truly sent from God, do you? With all your heart, you believe that. Well, I'm unhappy that you do, for I can only say, now the only thing that I could do would just be see what was wrong with you, see. Just like, or, or if it was in the line of sin, I might be able to know that. And if you've confessed it, well, probably I, it's under the blood then, you see. Uh, that's done. He, when you confess a sin, he puts it in the sea of forgetfulness to remember against you no more. It's just, did you, you know what this bleach is that you use for your washing? Clorox or what it is? Well, you take this one drop of ink and drop it into that tub of bleach. What would happen to that drop of ink? You couldn't find it, could you? It would just... It would just be bleach, is that right? Well, that's the way sin does when he hits the blood of Jesus Christ. It just no more. You don't know what happens to it. It's, you couldn't get it out of there if you had to anymore. She's just done. That's right. Color, there's color of black ink, but it ain't black no more. It's gone. The black has become white, and the black is gone somewhere, and you don't know where it's went. Is that right? That's the way sin is. Now, if you will accept Jesus as your healer, that heart trouble that you've been suffering with will be just as the ink was when he hit the water. Do you do it? Mm-hmm. All right. You had a smothering heart, blockage of the heart. Is that right? And now it's been causing you trouble for some time. But now you go on your road, and sister, in the name of our master, Jesus Christ, who has sent his angel to vindicate these things, that I, his servant, speak the truth. May he bless you. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. I go believing, sister, and be over the rest of the day. All right, sir, sir. Now, you believe with all your heart, sir? I believe you do, sir. And now, 
you have the same thing she has, all right. But do you believe he's healed you now? He can, yes. All right, sir. Then in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, may you go off this platform and get sound and well. God bless you. Let's say praise be to God. Those heart troubles, a pressure moving, heart trouble, heart trouble, everywhere. Here, just a moment. What made you jump then? You have heart trouble too, or you did have. Isn't that right? The little lady said, Isn't that true? Stand up on your feet. Yes, you have a white hat on. You're the one suffering heart trouble. Isn't that right? All right, you're healed. So she. And the lady something next to you there with cancer, she can get healed too if she'll just raise up and believe it. Do you believe it? You believe the cancer leaves you? You do if you do raise up your hand. All right, you can go home also. God bless you. Go on your road rejoicing. Now here he is. Oh, what could happen? What will happen? That lays within you, not within me, within you. How do you do, sir? God bless you. Reverend, how are you getting along? <laughs> All right. Yes, sir. You want to be well? Yes, sir. Well, in the name of Jesus Christ, receive your healing. God bless you. Go eat now what you wish to. All right. Let's say praise the Lord. Do you believe with all your heart? God bless you, Mother. That's the way I'm going. Right off the platform saying, thank you, Jesus, for healing me. Lord Jesus, as these poor old mothers come, their lives battered down, their suitcases packed ready to cross the river, God bless them and make their days happy. In Jesus' name, heal this woman. Amen. God bless you, Mother. Go on your road rejoicing, happy, believing with all your heart. All right. Sister, do you believe? Yes, sir. With all your heart? Yes, sir. Would you like to walk real close to him? Love him with all your heart? Do you believe he'd make your eyes get well then? No, he will. You will. All right, sir. You shall have it. In the name of Jesus Christ, God grant to this woman the desire of her heart. For it's for your glory I ask it. Amen. God bless you. Go believing now. Let's say praise be to God. <clears throat> Thanks be to God. Praise God. You could be healed of that rupture if you would just believe it with all your heart, sir. Do you believe it? Then stand up and say, I accept my healing now. All right, that's good. Thank you, brother. That's the way to do it. What's the matter? Your wife are moving around. Look over this way, sister. Do you believe with your heart, too? Like you that arthritis? you like to be made well? If you would, stand up on your feet and say, I accept my healing now in the name of Jesus Christ. That's the way to do it. You are also walk the platform saying thank you, Jesus. And may, may well. Let's say praise be to God. All right, let's bow our heads just a moment. Father in heaven, heal this woman and make her completely well. Satan, leave her eye. Say in Jesus Christ's name, come from the woman. 
Maybe it makes you well now. You hear me all right? Yes. Can you hear me now? Yes. All right, and you are healed. You can go off their platform and be made well. Let's say praise be to God. Oh, my. How I just see them people out there. It just seems like it becomes a mass to me. And how I think of Satan just... Oh, if I could just break that spirit above you right now. That's all. If I, Satan waving his black wings around there, trying his best to get you to keep from you bleeding. If there's some way that that could move away... Then there would be nothing between you and the glory land of God which would fall upon you and heal every person here. Believe with all your heart. All right. Uh, little boy. Well, God bless your little heart. How do you do, sonny boy? I'm glad to meet you. Now, this is just a lad. Now, he doesn't understand what these things are. So let's talk to him just a minute. Now, laddie boy, do, do you believe that when Jesus was here on earth, you go to Sunday school? You do. You like to go to Sunday school? You like to read of, about Jesus? Now, when Jesus was here on earth, and, and he'd pick up little fellows like you, and he'd put his hands on them and bless them and... He said, Suffer little children to come to me. Forbid them not for such is the kingdom. Now, if he was here tonight and was down here in Hammond somewhere, and why, you'd go to him and he'd lay his hands upon you and, and you'd get well. Now, because he would be Jesus. Now, he has he's gone up to his father's house up in glory. And he sits up there at the right hand of his father tonight on his father's throne to make intercession for us. Maybe don't, otherwise, when we pray or ask him anything, he stands before the father and shows the blood. Father, I, I died for that purpose. See? And then they, then it happened. Now, if he was here, here's one thing, that he went up there, but he sent back the Holy Spirit. See? And the Holy Spirit is here tonight, and he sent me, his servant, uh, to help you. You believe that? You do. I know you do. Now, look, I don't know you, little fella, do I? I, I never seen you. But now, if, if I was standing here as God's prophet and would, would speak to you and tell you something about your life that, that you know about, then you'd, you'd believe, wouldn't you? Now, look, some time ago, in a room where you are, you choke up. You can't hardly breathe. You've got asthma. Isn't that right? Isn't that right? At nighttime, a lot of times you have trouble with breathing. Isn't that right? And the light in the room sometimes, when you get choked up, they come talk to you and work with you. That's, see, that's asthma. That's what bothers you. Is that true? All right. Now, you come here, honey. Dear God, is this dear little Ethiopian boy standing here? I hug him up to my bosom. I love these little boys, Lord, and I pray that in the name of your son, Jesus, as this tender little boy that will have to go through life with that asthma, oh, God, a poor boy would have to work for his living, and oh, what a disadvantage it would be. Now, God, 
I pray tonight that you'll heal him of this condition. Take it away from him and anoint him and make him a preacher, Lord, to stand in the pulpit to preach the gospel. I pray this prayer of faith through Jesus Christ's name. Amen. God bless you, little lad. What's going to happen now? Go get well? God bless you. Let's say praise the Lord. God bless you, sister. Do you believe too? Our Heavenly Father, I ask you to be merciful to the woman, knowing that only you can heal her, so I pray that you will grant it and make her well in the name of Jesus, thy Son. Amen. Now, do you believe like that little boy believes? All right, go rejoicing and happy. Write your testimony out, letting me know what was what happened to you. All right, lady. Do you believe with all your heart? I should ask the Lord Jesus, he would make you well. Dear Jesus, here is a woman standing here. She's in need. Thou knowest it, knows all things. And as your servant, I ask tonight, as your Holy Spirit is in the building, anointing and giving these wonderful things, the great sign just before the judgment, as you promised would come, and holding her hands, I ask, Lord, that you heal her. And may she return tonight happy, joyful, praising God, and be made well through Jesus Christ's name. Amen. God bless you, sister. Now go bleeding with all your heart, saying, Thank you, Lord. All right. Let the lady come now. Excuse me just a moment. You like that word? Isn't it wonderful? He is wonderful. There's something wrong with this woman, and it's calling for mercy, see? And there's somebody, and I don't know what it is, for just a moment. Everyone be reverent. I want to talk to you just a moment. You stand back in this way, if you will. You believe, lady, with all your heart? I believe that. Now, I believe you'll never be bothered with that back no more. Let us bless you. God bless you. Go off the platform with your then Thanks be to God. All things are possible. Up there in the balcony, looking at me, the Spirit of God's been moving in that audience there for quite some time. Do you believe me as God's prophet? With all your heart? I see the Spirit of God moving right down through this way, right straight ahead of me. It's stopped now. It's left me. At just a moment, everybody believe with all your heart. I know he's here, friend. Praise be to God. Lady, you had a heart trouble sitting there. Next to the ladies, a pink dress on sitting there. If you want to be healed, you can stand up on your feet and accept your healing there in the second row. If you want to be healed, 
stand up on your feet and be made well. God bless you. All right, that's fine. All right. Aren't you the color lady saying there's something wrong with your suffering in your head? Isn't that right? I see you moving your head. All right, raise up. You're healed. That's right. God bless you. Amen. Amen. That other big color lady sitting around over there, that tumor, she can raise up and go home too. She's been made well also. God bless you, lady. Hallelujah. All right, lady, go home and eat what you want to. Your stomach trouble left you while you were sitting there. You can go back go any way you want to. How wonderful. You believe for the baby? Oh, Jesus, bless this poor little nervous child and make it well. As I bless it in the name of thy son, Jesus. Amen. God bless you, Brother Talk. Is that relatively yours? I thought it was. And I thought it was. Go, and the Lord grant his healing powers. Have faith. Believe. All right, lady. There it goes screaming all out through there again. It's moving from every side of the building. There's people all through here suffering with the same thing this woman has. It's been moving at me every time I spoke to a patient tonight. All you people with stomach trouble, you have stomach trouble, don't you, lady? Everyone with stomach trouble, stand on your feet. See what I mean? There you are. What about us? Lord God of heavens and earth, let it be known this night that you are God and I am your prophet. I now say the healing power of Jesus Christ. Heal them, everyone, in Jesus' name. Go, sister. Go home, each one of you. Eat what you want to. Oh, just a minute. Get back, get back, just a minute. Satan's a loser. Satan's a loser. Go ahead, lady. You was healed, man. Your stomach trouble also. So you can go ahead and home. You was healed. Stand there in the line. Ever rest them. All right. God bless you. Just go. Oh, what can God do now? Bring the lady here. Let me show you something. What this lady suffers with. The whole, there's dozens of you in here with it. This woman's suffering with a mental nervousness. She's real nervous and upset. Isn't that right? Raise your hand if it's the truth. All right. How many in here has that kind of a nervousness raised to your feet? To be healed at this time? Come on, I know you're here. That spirit's begging mercy, mercy, mercy. Well, here's what God's been wanting me to do. I'm just fell into it right here. Satan, you're a loser in Jesus Christ. Oh, that was bad. Every nervous case can go home and be well. 
Uh, just a moment. Here it is again. Uh, just a moment. There's a strong move from this man. Oh, here it is. You have cancer, sir. You have cancer, so do you. Is that right? Yes, she has cancer. That's right. Lady, you can't live without God. Neither can you. Every person has cancer, stand to your feet.